cool welcome back so we are officially on episode one um it's the new year it's 2021 uh, i'm john also known as barry dogs and i'm back with mike p and chris dyer say hello everybody hello um, I didn't know who was going to say hello first. Awkward already. Uh, you didn't go for the dad joke. You didn't say hello, everybody, either. That's... <laughs> Next That's time. It. Good New Year. I assume you've both had a very good New Year. I've been too good to you both anyway. So but for the people at home, I'm sure you've had a lovely New Year. Um, it's been an exciting one. We've had a store champ, the first one of the year, in which some of us participated. Yep, it was very um, real Netrunner event style as well. It ran till midnight a week after it started, as, <laughs> as it should be. I think we we should acknowledge Graham on that one. This is Graham, right? That the, the fact mm-hmm. that he had to not only heard netrunners around the interwebs, he also had to run the last two running rounds and the cart on a Friday evening a week after due to horrible JNet pain. So, yeah, massive thank you to him for anyone that does a, a tournament in this situation at the moment. is It's worth their weight in gold, but yes, very, very big thanks to that because it, it gives everyone something to do in lockdown and it's, it's awesome. So... Let's kick off. Let's get right into the meat of things. Um, how right were we about the meta? <laughs> First of all, we have to be careful, right? Because when we say we expect the meta to be this, uh, and it's a UK draw championship, and we make up a quarter of the field, <laughs> then uh, self-fulfilling prophecy <laughs> comes in a little bit. <laughs> kind, of a, yeah, kind of an easy home run. But... Yeah, yeah, both because we make up such a chunk of the field and because... People didn't really have a ton of time to build for this one. So I guess maybe presenting a bunch of lists shortcutted that a little bit. But we were right. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, guess, I guess one way to look at this is, I, well, I, it's worth saying we're specifically looking at the UK ch- uh, event here. There was an mm. event the same day in Hungary that was wildly different, but so so much so that we're just confused by it. Um, we were right on the corp side, I think. Which is like hugely, hugely yep. genetically based. It's all RP and Polana um, to an almost absurd degree. I think it's like fifteen of the eighteen decks are Chinteki, and thirteen of those are RP and Polana. But on the mm-hmm. runner side, where we say that Haley is the best, and then maybe Geist, there's only three Haleys and one Geist, and the three Haleys were were you guys. Yeah, I was surprised. That. Yeah, I was surprised that no one else picked it up. I would have thought there would have been at least one other because Shaper is we. We estimate it gathered the most tools, and it's generally a fan favorite, right? Shaper, you'd think there would be one more. So, yeah, you yeah, tend the to other two shaper. Yeah, cool. So it's the other two shapers there weren't playing. There was smoke and lat, and I don't believe either of them were on pawn shop. So it wasn't like there were other cash decks out there. It was entirely missed. Like the new shaper tools were entirely unplayed, other than us three, not just that Haley specifically was. Yeah, um, I guess the other point to mention: there's no no. MBN at all, so no CTM. Um, I think we would have expected a few people to play it just because of the allure of Sansan. Um, and there wasn't really much asset spam at all. So there's uh, there's the five Chinteki RPs, which are mostly net damage based, but there was no Acer, no no CTM, nothing else that really used any of the any asset stuff. So very little in the way of turtle backs or anything like that. So I think we would probably say the meta is a bit more glacier based than we expected. Yeah, I think so. I think, especially when you look at outside of the Polanas, uh, we'll get to it later, but what Dave took um, was very glaciery, what Alex took, well, that's, that's t- half of the top four were both yeah. on very, very slow, slow corps. And then on the runner side, you've got Hashiko as the most popular runner, which I don't think is a surprise in itself because we said last time that Anarch have got these big, splashy, exciting cars that people will want to play. So maybe we shouldn't be surprised that five people play Hashiko. 
Um, but again, we'll get to this in a little bit. They weren't really playing those cards. So no, in fact, that's kind of a general theme here. Outside of like, if you extract the three of us from the meta and look at everything else that was there, and especially the stuff that hit the top four, the new cards really didn't show up all that much. Like yeah. the Hishiko decks weren't playing many of the new cards. They were playing one or two Salvage Memories cards, mostly medium. The Pilanas were playing one or two Excalibur, but it wasn't crucial to anyone's game plan. The Sports and SSO were on zero new cards. Yep. So it's hard to say whether that's a reaction to a runner meta or like a theoretical meta sculpted by Salvage Memories that then doesn't play those cards to beat those decks or whether people just couldn't fit them into good decks. And maybe it's just they haven't tested much, right? Maybe they just haven't, people haven't built a huge amount and took decks that they're familiar with. Um, particularly as like the change came over Christmas and New Year. Yeah, I definitely think that's worth bearing in mind. Like it, we were very early in the year, and yeah, the opportunity to even even in the week, if you took the the point where we ended with the three rounds on the Saturday, and then you saw what was on JNet casual in the week between, there was more evolution before we got to those those next two rounds. Just that extra week of people playing stuff and and finding out what works a little bit more and and seeing some more exploration of the carpool i think so yeah, yeah time definitely a factor so uh you two finished fifth and sixth cleverly uh just outside the cut so you didn't have to play until past midnight but how did your game come? <laughs> yeah, i took a genius level id for that one it was very powerful going to sixth no going to fifth got lp and then didn't have to play till midnight which, yeah, ID <laughs> yeah um, i had you go, Sorry, go, you, go. You, know, you go first, Mike. You go. We had a quite a different experience, right? Me and Chris um, F, both on the same lists, had, I think, a similar breakdown of we both won all of our runner games. And we both, I think, went 2-2 two, two or 2-1 with the Corp, depending on how the IDs and 2 ones worked out. Whereas you went, like, much better. I think you went 4-0 or 5-0 with Polana. Yeah, so I went 5-0 with Polana. I corp split all through the first three rounds so i knew i wasn't going to make the top four anyway and mm. then when we came back for the for the two for ones with it being friday i'd already decided in my head to two for one everything and i rolled corp twice so i never played any Haley on the uh, on the return on the second half but um yeah corp was was very strong for me but i i came close i had a game i think round two against ten in with Haley where i whiffed on a fourth index in i think might have just edged out for me but um, yeah, Corp was, was good for me, and, and I never got close with Haley, really. It's, yeah, it's interesting given what we thought of the balance between those two decks beforehand and how you were feeling about the two decks in terms of your comfort with the two of them beforehand. Definitely. I was I was not very confident in Polana at all. Um, I felt the Haley deck was much, much stronger. Every time I played it, I had a much more comfortable experience with Haley. But yeah, it didn't pan out for me on the day. I don't know if I maybe just more practiced with the Polana. Um, this is some, a, some hints from you. I think it's a theme that Chris mentioned as well that this Haley deck is very good at locking your remote um, but if the deck you're playing against assembles a big stack of really annoying ice it's not that good at locking the remote you will struggle to get into it repeatedly and your multi-access in this deck is effectively free indexing maybe a 4-4 if you recover with a Harmony AR therapy but those are relatively high variance you don't have any other multi-access you don't have Stargate or Turning Wheel for that consistent, inevitable pressure. So if you whiff your indexings, it's quite hard to win if you're if you can't reliably get into the remote. Yeah, definitely. I think we we touched on this as well in the, discussing it in the week, where we found that even the remote lock plan 
your econ engine is it's like a really sharp bell curve you you've got this really really solid long-term econ for a while and then but when you do run out of things to sell to esops when <laughs> proco eventually burns through all of your cards you plummet off a cliff yeah and- you have zero econ cards once you hit the very end of it right like not even just a rezeki or a case jones you have nothing you click for credits yeah it. so maybe we've ended up it's with a possible- hazel list that is slightly high variance bizarrely possibly like one mm. thing when I say I won all of my Haley games, they were against Polana, 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 and RP. So the Polana games were all fairly similar where the Corp started out rushing, got one score, lost the second one to SMC, and then I got two to four off indexing and one out of HQ because Polana can't do what we're saying there. It can't build a massive remote, really. It wants to build a rush remote that costs like 15, 16 credits maybe and get you with end the run effects. It can't build the 20, 30 credit remote that um, maybe something like this SSO or this sports metal can. Yeah. Um, and that might have been, yeah, the aspect that we were missing slightly from our testing was just to look at what happens if they put six ice on R&D, six ice on the remote, and don't draw all their agendas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think looking back, my round one was, was against Joey, and he, I don't think, regardless if his Palana was so quick, I didn't even get a look in. I was nowhere near challenging the remote. Um, I think I had to get through three and the run effects to try and steal an oboe in the end it was i i just didn't have the the speed to catch up um yeah two was the 10 in which i, I came close with i think um and then three was rp which was which caught me out because it had mca austerity and started scoring stuff <laughs> very quickly <laughs> um and I, I whiffed on a proco early on that one so i think my econ start wasn't great so i didn't get to challenge the board a lot and then yeah i never got to play a Haley after that i guess the interesting question though is if the problem is that these decks can build giant remotes and Haley doesn't have the best remote lock plan, like theoretically, neither does Criminal. Criminal has big, drippy long-term econ, but worse breakers and yeah. worse tricks. It doesn't play Stimhack. And Pat still, so Rotom Appliance still won on Regalila. I mean, so, that deck does have very good long-term econ because it has double Rizeki, but I wonder how much of that is the ability to go under the long-term plan of those decks and how much of it is that the shaper advantage of getting into the big remote is actually not that real if you have Amina, Barkelta, Paperclip, Rizeki. I think there's a couple of points there. One is that, like you say, the criminal deck effect is flattening the bell curve about the econ that, that John talked about. You probably don't have the peak of Haley where you just make money consistently and very quickly, but you do have consistent money for the entire game. Um, and you're not going. You're not really in danger of running out of money in the same way as Haley is if you get to the end of the deck. Um, the other is that store championships are really quite dodgy for reading results into. Um, like it's, it's one event. It's, it's not that many people, and quite often the, it's won by the best player. And you just don't worry too much about the decks they were on. So Patrick won because he's, he's great at netrunner. Um, the decks he's playing aren't wild or anything, but I don't think I'd read too much into the results by saying that. Yeah. So definitely good point. I think it's easy to peer into the depths of of what little you've got to work with, um, especially at this early stage of the season, and start grabbing at, at any lists that come through and, and trying to just draw conclusions from what you have. So, yeah, it's worth taking everything with a pinch of salt. Um, I could definitely believe, though, just from the experience in these games and from what we saw, and those lists sort of rising to the top, that it's maybe indicative of the fact that this sort of Haley deck that doesn't really have a great plan. If, say, if your opponent Chrysium's R&D and has a way to shuffle away some agendas, doesn't really have a great plan to win the game before they set up a board state, but you 
can't beat by just having decent breakers and fairly good econ. Yeah, like if you can't maintain 100% remote lock, that's a red flag, I think. Yeah, for sure. It's the same as sort of in the previous meta where people used to talk about, well, the reason you play Haley is so you can beat Titan, and maybe you can't necessarily beat Titan if they red level clearance out uh, CVS, and then why are you playing Haley? It's different now because the deck is better, but like the new, the next step is if you can't remote lock the Glacier decks while still having a way to win off centrals, maybe it isn't quite as good as we thought just because the econ is better and the breakers are a little better than they were before. Yeah, I and mean, it's worth not getting carried away with these results. We, like, as a as a group, Haley won more games than it lost by quite a way. You two finished mm -hmm. fifth and sixth. Uh, Chris mm -hmm. finished uh, somewhere in the middle. So nothing here was a disaster or anything. I think John going over three with Haley is kind of a, a question mark that warrants a bit more thinking. But I would still say that Haley is right up at the top, just maybe not necessarily as clearly at the top as we thought going into the event. Yeah, it also is possibly like, the fact that we've been talking about this prior to this as well. Um, me, John, and Chris have been talking about where we look with Runner is partly because we don't particularly want to think about Corp. Because, well, John, you had a fairly good time with Corp, but neither me nor Chris really did. And none of the games felt amazing to me. And none of the games I played against Polana made Polana look that strong to me. It seemed very much fine. And none of the other Corps I've seen seem massively better. Yeah, I think so. The two rounds I had, so the two two for ones I had uh, on the Friday, I had what would be Polana nut draws. I think I don't think either of my opponents would have. Uh, well, I played Chris in the fifth one, and then I can't remember in the fourth. But the, I don't think any of them could have got particularly close anyway, given the cards that I drew. Um, against Jari round one, I ended up in quite a scary position at one point because he went full on ice destruction. <laughs> Hashiko and I had a very scary time on centrals for quite some time. I managed to eke that out. Um, and yeah, the other two games didn't feel of those first few rounds weren't super comfortable. I don't think it's tier one list court wise, like not quite there. Okay, which is fine because um, almost everyone's playing it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's clearly everyone has everyone has tested it, including us. Like this is what we did last week. Everyone has tested it and said this feels solid. But then in running it into yeah, Pat on a very solid runner. Suddenly, the fundamentals of the deck feel quite shaky. The game plan doesn't feel that resilient to just getting doofed a couple of times and then having boomerang for Excalibur. Um, the natural is definitely there, but whether it's a problem with Blana or whether it's just a general weakness of Corp, it doesn't feel like the deck that is going to carry you through a tournament to a win, I don't think, on its own merit. The other thing we're going to have to confront about this meta is that we said last time that Runner feels like it's a long way up. Um, I don't think we'll have changed that opinion. But if you look at the results of this tournament in the Cup, Corp won repeatedly. I think it won uh, every game except one, and that was the one in the final where, where Pat won with, with his Runner. But apart from that, Corp won every single game in the Cup. And these Corps were just standard kind of Glacier Corps. So... Again, it's difficult to take a lot from such a small sample, but are we saying... Well, and that... RP, RP also won yeah. three games in the car, right? It won every game it played. Uh, that's true. That's true. Three, three of the wins... Uh, yeah, three, two, of the, two of the wins are, are, are Steph on, um, on, on RP. But we we, all, we often have this problem with the meta, right, where we can't quite reconcile our expectation that runner is up with the results from tournaments. Mm. Yeah, I find it interesting that we're saying that the the issue that Corp is presenting is just straight up 
glacier and we can't find a runner we at the moment we don't have a runner that we can say can deal with that no i mean we should caveat that with the other deck that we said would be very good last week was geist we haven't tested geist mm -hmm. at all and there was yeah. only one geist in this tournament yeah. um and that was a slightly unorthodox list because it was testing e3 which seemed decent but it wasn't just the most linear playing guys that you played at worlds and see if it's good still deck so it's possible that if we're saying decks they're going to put five out the run i start over very good those might just get completely crushed by guys yeah so if, if your line is that 15 credits to break in the remote is, is fine for Haley, but 25 suddenly isn't guys doesn't have that problem a lot of the time because those those credits are are meaningless to guys that the, the economy of the game works completely differently he breaks ice from yeah. a negligible cost for a long time so maybe if people are moving towards these bigger, grindier ice decks, maybe Geist is better than Haley for that reason. Yeah, and I think the only reason we didn't touch on Geist was partially because we needed or we wanted to play with new cards and explore that side. And, and again, the time factor that was affecting everybody is we just haven't had enough time to prep and look at every single runner before this tournament came around. Yeah. yeah. That and also a fear of RP. A fear of drawing a million cards against the deck that was going to play hostile infrastructures, but that might or might not be valid. That would have to be tested. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely worth bearing in mind. The, the world's list seems close to what you'd expect from a Geist list that can deal with a wide deck like that. They right ran two bones yeah. and the gambles. And if I guess we'll get well, we're kind of coming on to the results now. If you look at the runners that did make the cut, Patrick has three missed bones. Alex has got scrubbers in his Adam. Uh, Steph has got imps in Hashiko. So the runners that were being played and I, I did make the cut all have pretty good answers to asset spam. Uh, that's probably borne yeah. out in the fact that only one RP made the cut. The others, I think, generally underperformed. They've, they've, they're towards the bottom of the standings. Yes, they were. Those RP decks were a bit of a mix. I played against one that was on Flower Summon rather than um, any kind of grindy kill plan. I'm not sure what the others were on, but I don't think they were monolithic, bioethics, hostile infrastructure combo. So that might have been a factor. But yeah, yeah it is. Those decks do all seem better set up to deal with Asset Spam than Haley does. The RP yeah. matchup is definitely much harder for her than the Polana matchup. Yeah, it, it, the, with Haley, particularly, we found it's the, it's the click tax more than anything else, right? It's. Not so much your your econ mid game is fine. It's it's if you don't find Proco particularly early, getting restorables down for ESOPs and then actually being able to contest some of the key items on the board can get a bit difficult for Haley in the first five turns. It's another point where Azeki is in, in your favour, right? Because that econ doesn't require clicks. Yeah, and I think what every single runner in the top four was playing Rizeki. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So if we look at the decks that made the top four, um, Again, there's probably not a lot to pick between like top four and then top eight, but um, we had one Leela, two Hishikos, and one Adam. Um, all of those decks, like you say, are playing multiple Rezekis. Uh, the Adam's playing three, the Hishikos were playing three, and I believe two in Dave Sayer's list. Yeah. Uh, no, so all three, all three. So I mean, Patrick had two, the other three all had three Rezekis. Oh, okay. And, and maybe that's why these new cards that we were so excited about don't feature because you need the memory for Rizeki for this meta. Yeah, I and mean, we discussed that last week where if you want to play Parasite in Anarchy, you probably also have to be playing Data Sucker because just letting a Parasite slowly tick down on a 5 strength ice isn't that good anymore. 
And then if you're playing Parasite and Dave Sucker, and you even consider playing Medium, it's almost immediately impossible to install Rezekis. Even if you have a 2MU console, you can maybe install one. And that's a huge sacrifice for potentially being able to blow up one piece of ice in a game or two pieces of ice in a game with a Parasite if you're looking at a 20-turn game and saying, I could have made 40 credits with Rezekis. Yeah, and it, it, it's notable, I think, that the both the Hashiko decks that made the cut completely eschewed Parasite. Steph doesn't have any mediums. Dave Say has one medium. Um, so they're effectively they're, they're eschewing any of the ice destruction angle that we talked about. They're eschewing the, uh, the medium and, and all the other memory stuff, and they're just saying, I will efficiently draw cards and break ice, and I'm not going to try and destroy the, destroy all the ice and then, uh, and then exploit that weakened server and that's probably not what we expected right we thought the the hishiko decks would be playing at least parasite yeah yeah i expected that i think i mean it's come up in discussions since the last episode possibly that we were biased against anarch because we never tested anarch but i still after worlds didn't look at that meta and look at the results and say anarch is clearly the best faction that can handle all of these decks we discussed before why even though it won it still didn't look like slam dunk the best faction so with no yeah. upgrades it doesn't feel like it's your car swinging and be able to beat every corp but maybe the corp meta's just changed to get rid of the decks it couldn't really beat anyway without tech yeah and just like the stuff that you do beat by having more money and, and both these hashiko decks are, are really notably leading into dripicon so as well as Rizeki, they're both playing kiko they're both playing multiple companions so you're dripping somewhere between like three and six credits a turn which you've already said is good for rp because it means you're not click taxed uh, there quite so much but it's also maybe good against these really grindy glacier deck yeah i think it was was it steph's deck when i looked at it earlier i was quite surprised it didn't even run liberated uh, i think it was yeah, just it, all in on drip is that right yeah yeah, yeah. wild i hadn't noticed it was quite that cut out yeah uh and then on the corpse side um other than steph who again made steph completely repeatedly the curveball uh, made the cut with rp um his rp is very grindy right it doesn't have any ronins anything like that it's just gonna gradually irritate you with um bioethics score the occasion agenda to put them back on the table and wait for you to effectively make a mistake or lose the world to live yeah it doesn't even go in on, on full three hostiles it only goes and he takes two to hostile infrastructure as well yeah um which yeah that surprised me and i think the agenda suite surprised me a little bit when i saw it i was expecting three house of knives but i can it's kind uh, of a hybrid, yeah. right? It's, it's a hybrid between the tempo agenda scoring RPs and the net damage RPs. Um, yeah. And it's not really either of those two. It kind of sits in the middle. And my, my natural inclination is it needs to pick one and move to that direction, but then it made the cut, so what do I know? <laughs> it's different from ours because it runs the, the DBS, which makes that grindy plan a little bit easier. But yeah, I've not been a huge fan of that Alcatraz-style deck since since Jackson Howard and, and Friends in High Places went away. Yeah. So, yeah. When you could make it really, truly offensive and just keep recurring that stuff and, and you eventually generate enough econ that you could just stick trashies on every single central. Yeah. But it's it not was, the grindiest of decks. It, it doesn't have preemptive and, and maybe there's something to consider there where he has a slightly more proactive game plan even if it's not full on kind of asset spam scoring. Um, but maybe kind of the inevitability of the runner decks that we're also talking about means that that deck just doesn't really work, especially if the, the runners have tech for you. Yeah, it's definitely a list I would have liked to have seen a recording of to see a game or two of how it shook out, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got Pat's Palano, which is as vanilla as a plan as you can get. It's very straightforward. Um, it's got an Excalibur in it, 
and that's about the only change that Pat has made since since Worlds, as far as we can tell. Um, but the other two Corp decks are Dave's Sports Metal, which is a ginger deck, um, so just amassing a huge pile of ice, and Alex Borrell's SSO, which is also amassing a huge pile of ice. Uh, and they're both very uh, challenging remote decks, I think. Probably like, the, the, the two most aggressive remote decks in the tournament, and they both make the cut. Yeah, this yep. Sports Metal deck has more ice than I have seen in a deck in possibly actual years. Like, I don't think I've seen a place in like 20 ice. Was it Red Coach, the last thing that had 20 ice? <laughs> 2015 again, yeah. Like, yeah, 20 ice is huge. Yeah, and it's not like an Ag Infusion deck where you're going to throw away half your ice, or it's not like any of these are strange tech ice you're only going to install in certain situations. It's 20 ice, almost all of which are actual end the run or tax ice, or will reinstall Ginger Grid. Yeah, it's got one gatekeeper. Uh, so one uh, macrophage just to just to be current with the times. But other than that, it, it, and it wants to install all these twenty ice, right? Most decks that play twenty ice, they did it so that they could find twelve ice relatively quickly. Whereas this will happily chuck as much ice as it can onto the table. So you've actually played this, Mike, right? Because I haven't tried it yet, but you've given it a go. Yeah, I've played this deck a bit. It seems uh, reasonably good. The remote does get truly, truly offensive very, very quickly, like with a good draw, which I think we saw Dave get in his last round two for one. And I've like, seen a couple of times where you get Ginger into Rashida and then another Ginger onto R&D and then a Violet level clearance. It is pretty crazy how taxing everything can get very quickly. It can have some econ problems though if you don't score an agenda that gives you money. If you don't score a sales team or a sandbox early and are forced to score a global food, and then you have to start actually resing all of the sites that you installed, even if you installed it all for free. Because it all costs and, and four or five and you don't have IPOs. The red flag for these decks is always what happens if you don't draw Ginger as well. And I don't think this one is yeah. any different. I mean, nowadays you have no. both VLC and Rashida to help you find it, but those games where you don't find it are, are horrendous. Yeah, same if you find all of your surveyors early and have to install them by hand and you aren't, then you're building a remote of like actually not very good ice. You're building that yeah. with Ginger. Um, yeah. It does seem reasonably strong, though. The success case is quite good. The Mason Bellamy stuff is a nice extra way to score. If you're going to put five ice in a remote anyway, and you have three board controls anyway, the Bellamy stuff is a sort of shot down to something like Smoke or Geist that can maybe just chew into your remote repeatedly. Yeah. And interestingly, it doesn't play a Kawa project, which um, I think is correct because that is not a great agenda. It does combo with Mason Bellamy and border control, but not enough to make me want to play it in a deck like this. Apparently, yeah, right. the lack of equal project was just a mistake because they forgot it existed. Really? I'm not sure. I, I, yeah, I, 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 can, I can see that. Being I've heard. Yeah, I, I like food in this makes total sense in this sort of deck. Like making the runner still four is just yep. soul crushing. It is, but equal with Bellamy is very strong and it lets you play the third surveyor, which is easily your best ice. I think there is a solid argument either way. Equal with sports is also pretty good because it forces the run to spend more clicks firing your ID for you to steal out of centrals. I don't think it's yeah. necessarily wrong as is. Um, and then that's even that deck is even less grindy than this SSO deck, which has eighteen ice, a mere eighteen ice, um, but <laughs> is essentially making the world's biggest misfinger whenever possible. <laughs> yeah, this is shocking. Um, I'm glad I didn't end up against this. Classic uh, Wayland six agenda suite, five five face up agendas, and a government takeover. Um, oh, six and- face up agendas. This is transparency initiative. Yeah, yeah. Transparency initiative. Yeah, yeah. 
So I think, I'm, again, I'm going to say this a lot. There's a small sample size. These decks are, at least two of these decks are quite curveball decks that you wouldn't, we didn't even discuss last time. But I think there is something to be said in the fact that you can't beat Haley with a mid-range Glacier. Um, you can't beat Tech Runners if they are with, with Asset Spam, if, they, if they've got like Freemus Bones and a Caldera. Um, so maybe you do have to, if you're going to do Glacier, maybe you do have to lean in it very hard. Maybe you have to go all the way to 11. Wow. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, these two share slightly more spiritually with the game that and the sort of later yeah. Asmori decks that were seeing played last year, just in that they want to build a gigantic remote and then put hard to steal agendas in it repeatedly until the run up runs out of money far yeah. more than sort of the older era of glacier which polona is reaching back to where you build a small remote and put weird operators in it and trick them or force the through that way yeah i mean alex doesn't have rashida or ngo which makes sense because he can't bluff agendas because they will face up and because he doesn't want agendas to turn up before he has him his finger of 20 counters but like you say it does call back to that that's slower kind of game net type build i didn't realize until just now actually this deck doesn't even have border control there's no, <laughs> there's no <laughs> card to stop you getting into the remote if you can afford to get into the remote you're just not meant to be able to afford to get into the remote you have to buy a vault but those are more yeah intensive and you've got I punitive control, back up. Yeah. yeah i guess border control doesn't get advanced it doesn't get value off the id so well dealing with these is i'm just looking at this list now i'm wondering how you'd even go about it yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I don't think you're going to see a huge amount of SSO at tournaments, but there's this deck. John, you played and lost against Tenin, which has a kind of similar game plan of just making everything very slow and expensive. Um, and I think it's may, maybe that's just the kind of the, the corp style of deck that we haven't really considered. And that's probably personal preference to a point as well, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah, it creeps in, but probably no one here and the others would be particularly enamored with the idea of hey guys let's build a 20 ice remote <laughs> no the reaction that we had in our sort of internal discussion about this definitely suggested a bias that's probably crept into our um into our analysis of the meta a bit where none of us want to play these decks so none of us want them to be good even if they clearly are reasonably good yeah yeah which is probably quite good for this right in in one way we're trying to be transparent but it's probably making ourselves everyone favors the decks that they like and they've been playing and they often stick on them for longer than maybe they should because they're their favorite decks and people find it hard to necessarily fairly evaluate decks that they don't like it's not it's not just us everyone does yeah. it so especially when you're, especially when you're looking to a vacuum it's not like you're looking at a list and saying is this good you're trying to imagine what could possibly be good when you yeah. guys are entering the method yeah exactly so we're not looking at tournament data and going this is clearly doing well let's work out why yeah did you want to flip and just quickly compare these to how different it is to the Hungarian meta or the Hungarian <laughs> tournament? Because did we see anything of this sort? There was not, nothing of quite so. So Hungary has a huge amount of sports metal um, scattered liberally through the final standings. Uh, it's worth pointing out that we don't think they finished their tournament. They played some rounds and then JNet problems um, rendered the rest of the tournament unplayable and they just stopped. But the deck that finished first in Hungary is a sports ginger deck um, with three next diamond. But that also has 18 ice. It has three ginger. So it's not that dissimilar. Mm. My word. Okay, yeah. I didn't look at that. I assumed it was all going to be combo stuff. So Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's playing Marcus Batty and, and nine and, sorry, 12 next ice. So it is, it is kind of combo, like 
you, you fire a next gold or a next diamond. But yeah. the core is pretty similar. That's also playing six five threes. You'd give anything for an extra point at the moment, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. get one. You could play Notoriety. That's another thing that I was thinking about for that slot, but um, when we were talking about Polana, no one on Polana was playing Global Food, so it didn't seem worth it. But yeah. if everyone's playing a punch of five threes. Mm. Um, and the only other thing to mention about, about Hungary, the top two decks are Smoke and Geist. Uh, and I think the one thing that you can take from Smoke and Geist is they are better than Haley at repeatedly breaking huge ice servers. Yes, very much. Yeah, I think Geist is, is definitely where we slept and needs to be explored fully next. Um, especially as we played a fair amount of Geist in the early to mid part of last year as well. It's not like we've it, it's completely new to us. It would be yeah. riffing off, off experiences we've already had, so it should be relatively quick to get up to speed. Just got no new cars in though. What's, what's the point? Very true. Can't you s- yeah. squeeze a medium in there somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a factor in this meta. It, Geist has no new cards in, and Geist is going away at rotation when the salvage memories cards go away. So it is slightly hard to want to put time and effort into building and playing a deck that is only going to be legal specifically within this meta for a handful of store champs. Um, whereas some of the other runners are mostly going to be intact. Some of the corps are mostly going to be intact once Santa and Honor and Profit rotate. Unless yeah. something absolutely wild happens with core. Okay, so let's talk Maybe about, about yeah. <laughs> let's talk about going forwards. So let's start with the list that you two played in Polana and Haley. Are you happy with those lists? Do you think they're worth continuing with, and do they change at all? <laughs> the Polana list. If I was going to continue playing Polana, I think that list is basically okay. I'd maybe want one more large ice because I found a number of times I was trying to score behind. A very suspect, but otherwise, like a slot machine and two engrams flushes, which is not, not a real remote. So, I'd maybe want to find a way to get a surveyor or a DNA tracker in there to back up the announces because they were almost the entire scoring plan. Um, so, everything else about the plan. Yeah. Well, I still, I still don't hate the cut of a surveyor for Vegel 3. I just want another one. I yeah. want another five plus eyes. But everything else about it, the 2-2 agenda suite, the biovolts, the CVSs, all seems pretty good to me. The two Excaliburs seem right, because Excalibur was amazing in all of my games. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Double fast track was key. Um, yeah, double Excalibur was the right choice. Um, the, the single IP block, I was quite happy with when I saw it. So, um, But all of that said, I don't know if I carry on, carry on playing Polana. If no. I was going to play another event tomorrow, I didn't feel comfortable enough in any of my games playing it. It feels um, feels to me, can tell me if this is right or wrong, but it feels to me that very efficiently for Polana, it's our smash glass in case you haven't got anything better, play Polana <laughs> deck at the moment. Yeah, I would really yeah, like back, back, it. Back, back, back. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel anywhere near unfair enough when you pilot. Yeah. Classic right, complaint. So on, yeah, and especially as Polana is since Caprice has rotated, just like desperately trying to score behind your average ice and hoping that Nisa is a good enough guard. Yeah. As yeah, same as it ever was. Yeah. Um, so on that side, again, if I was going to play an event tomorrow, I don't know where I would go with that. I'd, like, I'd be tempted to look at RP, because I still think that deck's good, although I don't know how good it is versus runners that aren't Haley. Um, yeah. I don't I think I would really ha- Haley feels like the only deck that isn't really quite teched for RP. Um, Again, and Pat loves a tech card, but three Miss Bones and a Caldera 
um, and a bunch of dripping on feels like quite a hurdle. Yeah, if Leela comes back as well, it is quite problematic because it makes your textile grind plan not not really work. Sorry, not textiles, yeah. um, team sponsorship grind plan not really work because your team sponsorship tempo gets turned back off. Yeah, like the score of our weaponization for a Ronin plan back is less good when the Ronin goes straight back to hand. Yeah, yeah. I think you'd end up if you had to go. If there were, there's still time more, you've got to pick something out. You'd probably end up having to go with the ginger deck. Yeah, I, I, I hate ginger decks. First of all, come back into it. Um, I think of the decks that came out of this event, the ginger deck is the only one that we haven't really thought about before and would consider in the future. Um, with all due respect to Alex's SSO deck, I don't think any of us would. Any of us would really say that's something that we'd invest a lot of time into tuning. No. I also do think that to an extent the success of that deck comes off the back that none of these Hoshigo decks are playing Parasite. Yeah. Because the whole Red Planet Couriers plan, the whole I have 18 ice and I'll be a super taxing plan crumbles when your strength one, strength three ice start getting blown up with all your advancement counters on them. Yeah, and I guess what Ginger does is say that every time you blow an ice up, I'll find another one and stick it back on there you're, you're almost betting that you can put ice down quick and they can blow it up which is probably correct mm -hmm. yeah I, I, my initial reaction when i saw that list was that it was going to be too poor just on paper yeah. but that doesn't seem to the kit because i was like well you've got 20 ice and you're running no ipas like surely one or two of those become an ipa but yeah that doesn't seem to be the case and if yeah if you can keep replacing stuff after you've you've got it blown up so they can't even generate some some tough central pressure or tr tearing the remote down seems an impossibility because the first ginger yeah. inevitably goes on the remote so if you're on ice destruction i assume then your plan is just to try and tear down r d faster than they can build it up um but if they're not poor which i thought they would be and they can keep it rest that sounds horrendous i think um cyberdex sandbox is an underrated part of this that agenda is really really good for your money flow if you like when you're aggressively trying to score agendas Something that replaces itself and then exponentially stacks is pretty pretty powerful in this regard. Yeah, I've been very impressed by that agenda. Scoring it first out of Polana is so good in like turn four or five. You just don't even see and the tempo boost is brilliant. So yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna look at sports with ginger, unbelievably. <laughs> <laughs> On the runner side, um Haley had one contentious slot, I think, which we have waffled over for about two weeks, <laughs> which I think ended yeah. up as a harmony AR. Oh, yeah. And every time yeah, you speak to someone who's played those lists, everybody's changed for a different card in that slot as well. Yeah, everybody seems to be moving to different things, and no one seems like, no one seems super, super sure that what they're on is correct. It's very possible yeah. that just playing a dirty laundry as it originally was is fine and good and as good as it's going to get. The problem is, like, all the cards that you might want to play, there's a bunch of cards you want to play in that deck, and they're all one influence. Like, you would yeah. want to play a No One Home, and you really want to play a Hunting Grounds, and you can't fit yeah. either of them into the slot. Yeah, in-faction options were very limited, I think, when we looked at this. We came down to slotting a second Beth at one point, just for yeah. it might make your RP match up better. Um, so I think we agree there's not much unknown in Hayley. Um, not a lot would no, change. Um, I think the Haley list is fine. All the problems that there potentially could exist with Haley are more are larger than specific changes within that deck. But if I was going to play Haley, the list seems fine to me. I think we agree that Geist is still very good, but not in an unknown way. So there's not a huge amount of point thinking too much about Geist at the moment. We know what that deck probably looks like. Um, 
Is there anything from the Hishikos that you would take away and think about? Um, so the, there's one deck. We've been kicking around a couple of lists, but there's one. There was the one list with the more, which we've shamelessly reverse engineered <laughs> <laughs> from Encounter Sunshine. Um, Jane, that's Galson. Yeah, um, which has been. It's Fine. not very revolutionary, though, right? It's the same thing as these other decks, except it has more instead of Keiko because more is fun and cool, and then it has some parasites in it. Yeah, yeah. You, you get the best of you get sort of stranding the best of both worlds. You got you've got two Rizeki still, so you have some decent long term econ, but you've 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 got the ice destruction there as well. So um, yeah. it's been fun. I we've done no effective testing with it though, so there's a massive question mark over that as well. Like it, everything's oh. just been casual games and Jaina. I think we haven't had a seen or found a Hashiko deck that we like for like 18 months. And I don't think, the, I, I think the list that came out of this event are very different to what we probably expected, but I don't think they instantly strike us as this deck is definitely tier one. I think these are probably powerful and they could turn out to be tier one runners, but they are essentially the same game plan as Leela with less disruption and more droopy con. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing very anarch about them. They are pseudo-sunny uh, decks. Yes, we're back to the sunny problem. <laughs> the sunny list that we talked about last week and never never shared for fear of unleashing it <laughs> in the world. <laughs> These decks are playing Dreamnet and Gatchapon, a bunch of Drapecon. We're basically there, right? Yeah, they're pretty um, much there. They're just not playing Medium and Nexus, but they're close. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's quite likely that we do keep messing around for Shiko lists and try and find something that feels right. Um, but I don't think we're necessary there yet. Um, anything from Pat's Leela that is worth talking about, apart from Pat's slavish devotion to Proko? Yeah, and his ability to just be unfazed by clicking to draw. Yeah, Pat has inherited the spirit of Dave Hoyland. Just, just click to draw and draw the good cards. <laughs> yeah. And, and Pat, in his write-up, suggests switching. Like, he gives you permission to switch the Procos for um, Diesels, which. I feel like I'd want to do straight away, but maybe maybe that is a overreaction based on these kind of slower, grindier decks that we talked about all, all this time. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the list, it must be very, very, very rich. Yeah. At times, which it really is. Like, the game that I lost to him in our split in the tournament, he I had a slow start and got doofed a couple of times. And by the end game, when I was trying to actually score, I'd spent about two turns not doing anything. Went to put an agenda in the remote, looked at his credit pool, and he had 32 credits. Cool. So, well, okay, this isn't, that's not happening. I guess I'll try and score it and lose. Um, and that's what Leela was like in the like, kind of summer two years ago now, I guess, where you just couldn't, you couldn't do anything about Leela's credit total. And it was impossible to stay ahead of her own credits. And, like, scoring became impossible. Yeah. I, it's When you look at it, the list is just, it's so, so many cards are just econ cards. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, if if I, if I had to go tomorrow and I was fearing another sea of, of ginger decks, then this would probably be... Having not played Geist and not knowing how that shit lands against the RP decks, this would be high on my list of considerations for a runner. Yeah. Which is funny because it's the other deck that's barely changed since Worlds. If Geist and Leo yeah. are the two players we come out of this and then those are the two decks that we played in the run-up to Worlds, have gained no new cards and are still good. Yeah. But we said I mean, this, right? they've, more... got, they've got all the best cards in the meta. Yes, yeah. and will do. Well, in Leader's case, will do for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredibly modest for multi-access. It's a single legwork and one turning wheel. Okay. Um, like the indexing, yeah. 
but like it like we said earlier that the indexing is very high variance if you if you whiff on that you are literally just down to your turning your single finding your single turning well in general i feel like if i was playing this i would cut the indexing and the caldera for a second turning will and a hunting grounds and something else just because caldera feels like a bridge too far down tech hard land for my taste but <laughs> it's it's presumably good against rp and against pe if that continues to randomly crop up which it always will in especially in still champ season right you are going to see one or two floating around yeah. every now and again yeah I, i'm not convinced that caldera again this is this is classic pat he loves he loves a tech card so he's got this caldera and a citadel sanctuary in this list i think that's too many tech cards but um two i mean i agree with you but and free, and free miss bones they're tech cards too <laughs> okay free miss bones there are so many high cost um, upgrades now that miss bones is almost just an econ card even against yeah. Kalana you feel trash on the cost is yeah. probably not all I think that's my take I, free miss bones I think we decided was right before salvage memories came came out I think it almost certainly is still right based on these lists that we're seeing because I don't want to pay five trash a ginger no exactly it's good it's good in the wide games and it's good against these these upgrade based Casey decks as well so yeah i think i think does pat even say it, it like you there's no argus around right so like that's the only place where it's bad Argus is yeah. like another match right yeah 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 so like uh yeah it makes total sense and it just adds even more recon cards <laughs> to this already super rich runner yeah um, so yeah it would be this or geist i would hope from my point of view that the Geist deck could cope with RP because I find Geist much more interesting than Leela to play. Um, yeah, I if you were go if you're going into a meta, I'd expect it to be slightly more diverse than we saw in this tournament. But you're still going to be playing mostly RP and Palana or Palana like decks, and then maybe we'll see an upswing in these kind of sports decks. But really, they're the only decks I would expect to be worried about. Yeah. So if you tested it out and our, and the the Geist RP matchup was fine, then I would go that way. But otherwise, I, yeah. yeah, this seems with with a few tweaks. This seems this Lila deck must crush CTM. <laughs> yeah, I, I, say, I haven't seen much from CTM that has impressed me. I've played it a tiny bit and won a couple, and then early in the afternoon got absolutely crushed by a Geist that played one Miss Bones at a single stimac, and my entire game plan fell to pieces because nothing yeah. worked. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's pretty accurate of where we are, right? We are still, we're still going to say that Runner is up on Corp. Um, we're still going to say that other than the sports deck, nothing really new has emerged. Um, and maybe our biggest sin so far is just overlooking the decks or not testing the decks that haven't changed since Salvage Memories came out. Yeah, definitely. We went and played with the shiny new toys and, and overlooked all of these ones. And who can blame us? <laughs> I would hope that by the next time we speak that something else has emerged on the cork side that isn't just 20 plus ice. Yeah, 20 plus. Go to 22, go to 24. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <that. cards. laughs> but yeah, I would hope that that's the case. Uh, yeah, that there's something else uh, there, even if it gets to the point where the meta goes so far to Glacier that you can just stretch them by just making an off-air call with something that's vaguely functional. So in the interests of that, I would say that like, the testing focus would be on all of these runner decks that we already know are good, and the one corp that we assume is not very good, we haven't tested, like, in Acer, 
Yeah. I don't see much reason to believe that it would be good right now, but that's probably where I would be putting some corpse testing time just to see what it feels like against the current runners. I think, yeah, I think, I think that's right. I think you, we need to check Acer just to make sure we haven't overlooked something. Though, again, looking at these runner lists, I'm not entirely sure what your, your plan with Acer is. Um, and then you've got to play sports against a bunch of stuff and see where exactly that sits in your hierarchy. Yeah. I, I don't have a lot of faith in the Acer. I mean, I can see the reasoning behind playing it but and testing it out, but I don't see it going anywhere against triple bones decks or people running double imp. Um, or scrubbers or yeah there's yeah. to be a lot of answers out there at the moment for that let alone the obvious ones which you raised last time which was parasite for your better yeah. ice and stuff yeah yeah i mean that does suggest that at the very least we should be looking at the list the nwe were playing at worlds which doesn't have the tour guides anymore because tour guide is becoming more and more of a liability over time I agree, but you've still got border control on that list, which has yeah. a very similar issue. Well, you've only got like nine ice. Sorry, we've only got twelve or thirteen ice, and one of them, one of your key pieces, is strength one. That's pretty. Yeah. I don't think it's a huge improvement. I think that's just a a touch. It means that they can't just run the remote parasite and go straight yeah. to the remote. They maybe have to wait a turn, which is hopefully enough. I agree. I yeah. think it probably is improving in the meta, but I don't think it's going to answer any like kind of really serious problems. No, and I mean. There was also the problem with that you have to sweat so many R&D accesses with that deck early, and now everyone's got access to indexing or medium. Yeah. yeah. There's there's so many problems for that deck now, it just seems like a nightmare. But I can, yeah, it still is worth giving it a run out and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, especially if our lesson is that we should have considered stuff that hasn't changed much. Yeah, definitely. Cool. I think we've covered everything again i think we are we are there nothing coming up on the horizon i don't think there's no immediate tournament so i think it's uh kind of just casual testing for a bit it is yeah, yeah let's have a quick look at always be running just to see but i think we're i think there's a few uk store champs lingering but i don't think any of them have been scheduled people are putting off scheduling them until they know slightly more about what's going on either with the release of system update or with the state of the lockdown and jaina yeah, yeah. Um, that's it might mean the next update or the next thing that's worth talking about, unless we come across anything incredible in testing, is going to be scoops at some point. Yeah, yeah, that be that be an interesting episode. Yeah, maybe we'll find something to fill the void, like just some uh, stream some testing games or something. But we'll we'll work it out. Definitely, cool. All right, well, thanks again together for a chat as always, and uh, we'll catch you for next time. See you next time. Cool. See you later. Cue outro.